0: Welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Your usual hosts are here. I'm one of them, Les Jackson. The other voice you're about to hear is Fred Stubb, and he's hello. Oh, he's running the controls.
1: Hello. What does this do? Oh, I got it. All right. Oh yes. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't push the red button. Oh, all right. I'll I'll not. Oops. Whoops, I, I think I may have bumped it, Bless. <laughs> I'm sorry, but hey. That's right. We have got a lot of automotive news to impart here this hour on Cruise Control Radio. Get ready, because new vehicle launches are going to explode. No, not the old way, where they used to explode no. onto the stage at the car shows, But they're going to explode in twenty the 2022 model year, and we're going to get you up to date on what you're going to be seeing. Absolutely. And we're going to talk tech a little later in the show. Mercedes
0: perfects the electric turbo and drivers are going to love the lack of lag. (laughs) I have talked about electrically running turbos and superchargers for many, many years.
1: Yeah, and this is not the guys using the electric leaf blowers. This is something a little <laughs> no, bit... No. Remember no. that, where they would put like six of them on there and that's right. tape it all up? Yeah, no, that's not it. Uh, and Nissan this week revealed the new Rogue. We'll tell you a little bit about that. Plus, we have Intel on the Rogue Sport, which is going to take on a completely different personality. Rogue Sport was the, uh, you know, kind of entry-level Rogue... Uh, just the two-row rogue, but this is going to be uh, a little bit different. We'll tell you all about it. That's right.
0: And in the whoops department, <laughs> uh, big change of plans at Cadillac. They actually tear up the design of their new flagship sedan.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that and what where they're going to go going forward. Plus, Ford is bringing back the Mach 1 Mustang, one of my favorite Mustangs, Les. Great. Great model. Yeah, and we will have the latest on that from Ford's Ted Ryan. He'll tell us a little bit of history of Mach 1 and what the future Mach 1 is going to be like. So all that and more when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio. And one of the things, Les, that I think I remember most about those Mach 1s were the extra headlights. I even remember that as a kid thinking like, wow, it's an extra set of headlights. And on this new one, they have two round spaces that are right now sealed off with plastic but they say that can be removed and you can put lighting in there i i sense a, a flurry of products at this year's oh, SEMA show. i think firm. the
0: aftermarket's already stocking the shelves
1: yeah i mean you're not gonna uh, get some guy mounting a flashlight there there's gonna be all kind no. of custom parts and pieces for that thing um uh, But, hey, when we come back, we're going to take you into the future, the future being 2022 and all the new models that will be revealed. Get ready, because if you're shopping for a vehicle, well, you may want to write this down. So, yeah, Fred Stobb, Les Jackson. We'll be right back on Cruise Control. Listen to the live feed of Cruise Control Radio every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com to find out how to do it. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. Ready for the new car onslaught. Yeah, a Mm -hmm. lot of new cars, Les Jackson. I'm Fred Stodd. He's Les Jackson. You're listening to Cruise Control Radio your on-air automotive magazine uh, launches a plenty. I mean, we have had no shortage of launches this uh, summer. Summer's only a a day old, I think. Uh, but uh, you know, we we've talked about new vehicles from Lexus, from Nissan, from uh, we've got Ford coming up with multiple uh, models. We got Kia coming up, and I'm probably forgetting a few, but. Next year, in 2021, for the 2022 model year, there will be 40 new car launches. That's four zero. Yes, this—that's uh, a lot. Uh, this uh, now there's going to be even more. This will increase to 77. <laughs> oh man! In in 2022, 70. In 2023. And 63 in 2024. less. we're going to have a lot to talk about on Cruise Control Radio. That's 243 new models. <laughs> you are fast in, with the math. In,
0: yes, and in less than four years.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, That's incredible. This is going to be incredible, yes. And we're going to be here with you on Cruise Control to tell you all about it. Of course, it's going to be uh, a lot more evs and hybrids of course i know you're excited about the Cybertruck list.
0: absolutely Uh, well oh yes listen i can hardly wait
1: yeah as it's like i always (laughs) wanted to build something out of sheet metal in my garage yes yeah uh the rivian r1t and r1s general motors of course is going to have the electric hummer volkswagen id4 which i saw some spy photos of that's quite quite nice that's the crossover version of the ID3 of course we don't get the ID3 which is more like the Golf here in the US because we only buy crossovers apparently um electrified vehicles now electrified of course means anything that is a hybrid or a full electric vehicle are expected to make up about 49% of new vehicle launches over the next 4 years with EVs making up 26% and hybrids representing 23 percent of course crossovers are going to account for 49 percent of the total of new vehicles with light trucks uh following up at 28 percent uh and uh less than 10 percent will be cars but look for that mix to change you don't know what's going to happen
0: well we don't know for sure but you know it's it's indicated this will happen that means 77% 77% of everything sold will be either crossovers or light trucks.
1: Mm-hmm. For- That's huge. Ford, out of the big 3, Ford is going to replace 83% of what it sells now mm. with new vehicles. Well,
0: yeah, of course they'll they'll have the Bronco coming in, the uh, the Mach-E,
1: the F150 uh, is going to be revealed this week, you know. Yep. So A lot going on, and we're going to be here to report on all of them because uh, you know. Look, if you're heading out to the uh, to shop for a new car, you got to have the info, right?
0: Well, you do. Uh, I mean, these
1: days there's no excuse for not doing your homework. I always, (laughs) I always letting us do your homework. I always go back to the story where, uh, and I'm not even going to say who it is, so no one can know, but. a family member went to buy a car. She was getting a, a rundown from the dealer on how things work, you know, and she said, uh, well, you know, I want to use navigation voice activation. Where's the button to, to ask where the destination is? And the dealer said, you, no car offers that. You can't just say where you want to go to your nav system <laughs> and, and it will hear the voice and, and say that. He literally said that. He said, you have yep. to type it in. So that's where you got to listen to cruise control radio. So you go in and you can dominate and say, no, no, there's a new feature set here. And you, and here's how you get to it. You know, uh, sad. That was sad. I was like, that's been that way for a long time. It's remarkable, uh, what they don't know (laughs) at the dealerships. but Not all of them, but this particular one was very strange that, there's no no such thing as voice-activated navigation or voice-controlled navigation. Oh, boy. Although he was just trying to push the sail. Uh, he didn't know didn't didn't know yeah. had no school of no concept I'm sure he said and this comes with a four barrel carburetor too <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right and bias oh, ply really? tires they're the best to go with
0: yeah
1: <laughs> oh yeah you can and drum brakes you can't you can't do better well, than I drum brakes stay away from those discs they're they're newfangled you don't want to. You don't want to go anywhere there. Yeah, so. All right. You're listening to Cruise Control Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk some tech about electric turbocharging over at Mercedes and Nissan's new Rogue. So stay tuned for everything we got coming up on Cruise Control Radio. For the latest updates on Cruise Control, follow us on Twitter at Cruise control Rad. That's C R U I S E C T R L R A D cruise control rad cruise control welcome back to cruise control lesson
0: fred at the desks and uh, we are going to talk tech because we love to do it mhm uh, and this is a bit of a a thing we've uh, often <laughs> thought about over the years turbochargers and And superchargers, and uh, the difference is that a turbocharger is driven by something, usually the exhaust flow Mm -hmm. uh, in a car's engine, and a supercharger is driven by a belt off of the crankshaft. Has parasitic loss. It's parasitic loss. In fact, in the Hellcat, um, or is it the the, uh, Red Devil that like 80 horsepower of the engine
1: is taken away by the massive supercharger. Well, the supercharger is the size of a larger four-cylinder engine. It's like 2.4 liter, you know? So That's right. It's a (laughs) washing machine. (laughs) So you're moving a lot of air there. You're turning a lot of
0: stuff. (laughs) Absolutely. And Mercedes has looked at turbochargers. They've used them for decades and decades. Mm -hmm. And they have come up with an electric motor. That will run the turbocharger, which is just great because you don't, obviously, you don't get uh, the hot exhaust gases in there. Mm-hmm. And it's very efficient. It, so it, I just think this is a wonderful idea.
1: Well, think of how fast electric motor gets up to speed. It's Instantly. almost instantaneously. Yeah. Um, this thing is going to turn up, can achieve up to 170,000 RPM. <laughs> It's compatible with uh, the AMG, as it may be used in models like the AMG E53, that has a 48-volt electric system. Remember, that's a big change we're going to see, moving away from 12-volt to 48-volt. Yep. Some things will still be 12-volt, like infotainment doesn't need to be 48-volt, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, and this thing is small. It, it's just 1.6 inches wide. Think about one of the other the big problem with turbochargers is packaging and running all the uh, exhaust tubing to it. and it's big. It's like these big gigantic snails under your hood. This thing is small, fast reacting, uh, and it 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 makes the lag a thing of the past. Um, i I think this is just going to take through the the automotive industry with a wildfire. My, my prediction is you will see sub one liter engines with these electric turbos on them. That's what will be. I, yeah, I think you're right. The big block um, now, the 1.4, <laughs> will probably be a, a, like what? A, a 0.8, a 0.8 with a turbo.
0: You'll look under your hood and you'll think something the size of a toaster <laughs> is developing 300 horsepower, and, and hey, it probably will. Yeah. Um, now this uh, there's no electric motor that can spin 170,000 RPM, so it has to have a gear set in it. Mm-hmm. Um, all of it's just a tiny package, but it's it's just a brilliant idea.
1: Yeah very very good idea electric motors run a long time uh, that's right and uh, i think uh, i think we're going to be seeing more of these uh and believe me if you've never driven a turbocharged car you should because when those turbos kick in it just slams you back in the seat it's a lot yeah, of fun it
0: feels great it is fun
1: yeah it is fun so uh i think I think this is only the beginning when it comes to electric turbos. I believe Audi is working on it as well. And what will happen is uh, a manufacturer, you know, whoever, who's a big turbo manufacturer? Like Garrett. Garrett. Garrett Garrett will probably start building these things and you'll see it come across the industry. Um, So be ready for it. And you say you heard about it first here on Cruise Control Radio. Uh, big reveal this week for Nissan, the 2020, uh, Nissan Rogue, uh, they, uh, one of the most important models for them. And also, um, I think one of their best vehicles, although I do like the Pathfinder too. Uh, they're kind of pitching it as the family hub, uh, that it is the hub for transport and safety and entertainment and all that, uh. They've done a lot to this vehicle. From the outside in, uh, they've made it more premium on the inside with that uh, crosshatch upholstery, a better uh, uh, infotainment, which I think is always something that could be improved on Nissans, and I think they've been doing it. Five drive modes are available. Uh, Off-road, snow, standard, eco, and sport uh, on a driver selector. Uh, They all get... A 2.5 liter four cylinder engine, direct injection gasoline engine. Um, Horsepower is rated at 181 torque at at uh, uh, 181 pound feet of torque. I say throw an electric turbo on that, don't you? Oh, absolutely.
0: Then you'd have, you know, 281 horsepower.
1: Mm. They have some cool engine, uh, new engine features, including mirror bore coating. Uh, a variable displacement oil pump and an integrated exhaust manifold uh, and a lot more other refinements. Has new rack uh, electric power steering with a quick gear ratio. And they've expanded the, um, the lineups. Uh, the S, SV, and SL grades and a new platinum grade. A lot of people want those really, really nice features like heated rear seats, ambient lighting, um, head up display, digital dash meter, ProPilot assist with Navi Link. Uh, that is their semi hands free uh, setup. ProPilot's pretty nice. It will track around uh, curves and that works pretty well. I've tried it in other yeah, products. That's quite cool. Yeah. So big news there. But then we got some other intel about the Nissan Rogue Sport, which has been a great value model for them. And. Uh, a lot of people love that rogue sport. Tended to come with a smaller engine and uh, some other things that maybe you would have preferred to be a little bit better. But for for the new model, there's a lot of talk that this will become a plug-in hybrid using uh, some of the uh, Mitsubishi uh, technology, since they have they have this uh, alliance, uh, and using uh, using that, and you'll get a plug-in hybrid uh for the rogue sport um and uh i think that's cool to have a plug-in hybrid rogue sport and and you'll get some good range out of that on electric because it's a smaller vehicle uh we don't know a lot about this but that's that's what we're being told that this this model could be exclusively a plug-in hybrid um and we do know that there's a version of it in other markets foreign markets that is there can you can you say that name uh, Kashki. Kashki. Okay. It sounds like Kashki. a breakfast cereal. Healthy it breakfast. does. I, that's exactly what I was <laughs> thinking. <laughs> I have some of that with some blueberries on it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I think this would be great for this model. It, that also is a very popular model right now and a great model to buy uh, the Nissan Rogue Sport because you get a lot of value there. If you can go with the smaller engine and things like that, so... And a lot of people just don't care about the engines as no, long as it moves. A, it has that two-tone look, which a lot of people love, you know? So. Yep. Oh, yeah. Over at Cadillac, things are changing. They'll be uh, releasing a lot of new models. We told you that there's going to be an onslaught of new models uh, coming out in the next few years. Uh, and it seems like their flagship was destined to be the home of their Hot V Blackwing V8 engine. But uh, Brian Smith, who's Cadillac's exterior design director, during an interview with Automotive Magazine, said that original design for their top-of-the-line vehicle, the Celestique, uh, had a gas-powered engine. It would be the replacement for the Cadillac CT6. That is gone. That was torn up. It's going to be electric only. This is going to be a hand-built car... They're saying it will be in the two hundred thousand dollar range, high technology, and more. I I I think that's exciting, and I can't wait to see it. But I don't know how this thing is going to do, Les, because a lot of times they tout these cars. Yep. And well,
0: I don't know. When so few people are
1: buying cars, car cars, uh, I would worry. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what they come up with and will it sell? We'll talk about that. But when we come back, we're going to move over to the Ford Mach 1 Mustang. So stay tuned for that and we will be right back on Cruise Control Radio. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. Here we go because uh, we love talking about Mustangs on this show. Big news this week, Les. This has not been a sleepy summer or late spring. There are a lot of reveals, right, Les Jackson? Absolutely. In fact, uh, one or two a week these days. Yes. Uh, By the way, welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. I'm Fred Staub. He's Les Jackson. We are your on-air automotive magazine, bringing you up to date on what's going on in the automotive world. Please check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com or like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Head over to our Facebook page right now so you can play along We've got some pictures of the Ford Mach 1 up there now. Not the old Mach 1, the new Mach 1. Uh, it has been gone for 17 years, uh, and it it actually dates back, the original model, to 1969. Whenever we want to dive back into the archives, Les, of Ford, who do we call? We call Ted Ryan, because he's Ford's absolutely Archives and Heritage brand manager. He knows where the photos are. He knows how it happened. Ted, welcome back to Cruise Control Radio.
2: Thanks for having me uh, back on again, guys. And I love talking about the Mustang and I love talking about the Mach 1. It's one of my favorite, favorite cars of all time. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that this badge, I'm glad that this nameplate is back after 17 years and if they have gone to your Facebook site and, and seen the photos, I think that everybody's going to agree that this is one fierce-looking Mustang. It, it looks and performs uh, exceptionally.
1: Well, let's start, since you are the keeper, keeper of the keys to the archive, let's start back with the original in 1969. How did that come about?
2: The original one from 1969 is is, is actually it's history repeating itself with the new one as well. It was a time when Ford had just finished building mission control, was building mission control, so we had Ford aerodynamics. Uh, we were launching satellites. Uh, we were winning Le Mans for the third and fourth consecutive years during those 68, 69 time period, and we applied the best of our aerodynamic engineering to the Mustang, and it was it was a bridge between the Shelby GT 350s and 500s and bosses, and the regular Mustang platform. So you could buy a Mach 1, in 1969 model year, and know that it had just set 295 um, land speed and endurance records, and that you were getting uh, essentially a extremely fast car, but not paying the Shelby prices for it. Plus, it had an amazing look. It had the shaker hood and the different colors. It, the Mach 1, 1969 model year, was a amazing looking Mustang. Uh, just kind of a step down performance wise from the Boss and the GT500.
1: I remember the blue. That's what I. What 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 was that? Grabber blue, Les? I don't think that was Grabber Grab. blue then. Well, well, Ted, we should ask you. You know better than us. Yes. You Probably know the uh, paint. I don't.
2: I don't. You, you got me with uh, unprepared for one. I would usually have color charts and all this other stuff in front of me, but I didn't do it this time. And they brought yeah, that I blue think,
1: back yeah. for the the they last do. generation one before this one. Yeah.
2: Um, right. It could have been Velocity Blue. That was the other blue that uh, the I think that's one of the that's through the Mustang yeah. family. Is. Uh, uh, Shadow black, Oxford white, and Velocity blue, and Twister orange. Twister uh, orange, are yes. Some of the constants in the Mustang uh, constellation. Twister
1: orange. that sounds like a drink, doesn't it, Les? Well,
0: it was. They used to call it. It was very similar in
2: earlier years, and they called it Rangoon red. Rangoon red, exactly. And on yeah. the Bronco, that was the best-selling color on the Bronco was Rangoon mm, yeah. red. So.
1: The model goes how long? When does it disappear in its first iteration? It starts in 69, and then what happens? Uh,
2: by the mid-70s, it's gone, and it made a reemergence again um, on the uh, third-generation Mustang. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but the, the, these specialty plates like that, they, they come and they go, uh, just like the bullet uh, was our most recent heritage specialty plate, and the Mach 1 is replacing it. Uh, and I will say this is a special edition vehicle. We're, we're not saying how many we're producing, mm-hmm. but we are going to produce a limited amount. But there's two differences with this one. We're we're selling it worldwide. So if any of your listeners are, are listening in from Europe, you'll be able to get a right-hand drive Mach 1. Cool. Uh, so it's going to be sold worldwide. And it's going to come in both the six-speed manual, like every performance car should. But <laughs> if you want to, you want to take a little easier route. It, for the first time, it's going to in a performance vehicle. We're going to have the ten-speed automatic
1: as well. Both great transmissions, actually, uh, in in the Mustang. Yeah. Um, well, let's delve into it. It it keeps less what what Ted was talking about. It's kind of uh, a little bit between the GT and the Shelby GT three hundred and fifty. Kind of you kind of get some of the best of both worlds,
2: right? You do, and our engineers, uh, let me just say, Mustang engineers and designers, they love their cars. And and when you get on the Mustang platform to work on it, you you have a passion for it. And, and I was speaking with a couple of them during the course of this project, and you know, they they have a passion for the vehicle. So what they, they took some of the best of the GT performance, uh, elements and added it back into the Mach 1. So it's paired with the GT350 oil cooler and the Mustang uh, GT2 uh, disc clutch and short uh, throw shifter. So you get excellent uh, cooling. The aerodynamics are the main thing on this car. That was why I was referring back to 1969. that completely re-engineered the aerodynamics on the front of the car uh, and on the spoiler in the back to make it just hug the ground uh, as it's going around the track. This thing was was imagined and built uh, to be a track racer. In fact, uh, I know our press release touts it, but it's the pinnacle of, uh, Mustang five liter VA, uh, track racing. Um, it, it's going to be a fast car. It's going to be a fun track car as well. You know, um, the look of
0: it, 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 it I, I guess I, I would call the look of it, uh, approachably mean. <laughs> You know, it, it looks that's, aggressive, but it looks like, uh, you know, come on, come on, sit in me and drive me. Uh, you're going to love it.
2: That's a great phrase. Well, uh, I'm going to steal that. <laughs> oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. It's all yours. I, I never want to call a car mean. I think describing it as fierce, but I like that approachably mean. Uh, it does. And, you know, things have a things are supposed to have a certain look and feel, mm-hmm. uh, and the special edition's uh, exactly the same. And uh, some of the purists, because uh, I've been doing some of these radio sh- uh, uh, pieces for the last week and have some of the purists upset uh, upset that there's no shaker hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I talked to the engineer, he said, we didn't need one, Ted. You know, it would have been superfluous. We, you know, all the engineering that went into the aerodynamics on the front of the car mm-hmm. and the way that it cools and the way that it uh, air drafts inside the car, we didn't need the shaker hood. And- Unlike the original needed the shaker hood to get some of the uh, airflow uh, back into the engine and back into the carburetor, you know, it, that shaker hood was there for a purpose. Yes. And, uh, the first generation. Yeah.
1: Even on the second generation, they had a jump through hoops to make it functional. I remember. And, uh, what you see here on this hood, other than the big stripe is, I think I, if I'm looking correctly, I don't have a top view, but it looks like two heat extractors in the hood.
2: Uh, exactly. And, the uh, the front splitter optimizes the, the, for track performance, uh, It's it's going to come in different handling packs, as all the Mustangs do, and you can get an appearance pack, a a track pack, a pro pack uh, that you can accessorize uh, the Mach 1 up or down. And some of the appearance packs have some pretty interesting colors. I think my favorite, uh, we talked about uh, some of the traditional colors, but my favorite of the new ones is the fighter jet gray, Mm -hmm. which is only available in the appearance pack. Uh, and the typing that comes with it, uh, you can either do it in an orange, which echoes back to the original, uh, or a couple of different action stripes. One of my favorite features from the appearance viewpoint is that the Mach 1 nameplate is going to be on the back of the car in a, in a, a shadow gray. Uh, so the the pony will be on the front and the Mach 1 badge on the back, and uh, I think the two go together very well. Oh, yeah.
1: It's a good-looking car, Les. Very, it
0: is. It's just a... It's a handsome and yet very aggressive
1: looking car. Mhm. Now, we should talk about power, 20 more ponies than the uh standard Mustang GT, so 480. That is pretty nice. Yep. That's
2: <laughs> And then uh 420 uh uh, pounds, uh foot of torque at 4600 rpm. Uh it, but once again, it slides in in between the uh, the GT500 and uh, some of the other GT platforms. Uh, but what makes this one stand apart is more in what is the engineering that's gone into its performance and its handling. Uh, it is, it's it's going to hug the ground. I, unfortunately for me, I wasn't able to be there on Monday last, mi- last week when they uh, took it out on the track and did some of the shots with it. Uh, but I talked to one of the guys who was there. He said, the sound is just amazing. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to put in a plug. If anybody of your listeners want to go see something fun, I get goosebumps every time I see it. Go to the Ford YouTube channel, mm-hmm. or if you guys put it up on your, your Facebook we will. page. and you can you can see the teaser video that shows some of the, the Mach 1 heritage and some of the space age technology from 69. But then in the closing, one of the uh, great scenes you see – a flying V formation with two historic Mach 1s uh, <laughs> flanking either side of the new 2021 Mach 1. I get goosebumps every time I see it.
1: Well, I have to ask, Ted, were, are they in the Ford uh, Heritage fleet, or were they brought in from owners?
2: They were brought in from owners.
1: Okay. All right. There you go. What a direct answer, Les. You asked the yeah, expert, that's, that's right. what you get. Ted is going to stick yeah. around. We're going to talk more about the return of the Mach 1 Mustang. So stay tuned to Cruise Control Radio. I'm Fred Staub. He's Les Jackson. We've got plenty more to go, so keep it buckled up. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. We're kind of living in the past and moving it forward, talking about the Ford Mach 1 Mustang. Started out in 1969. It was brought back on the Fox body, and then uh, now it it is going to reappear, 480 horsepower less, tons mm. of style, tons. What did you call it? A uh, uh, approachably aggressive or something? I, I call it. I call it approachably mean okay approachably mean uh but we have the guy to talk about new Mustangs and old Mustangs and it's Ted Ryan he is Ford's Archives and Heritage Brand Manager he's along for the ride on Cruise Control Radio um lots of cool features on this Mustang lots of cool technology it kind of splits the difference between the GT 350 and the GT both capable cars but uh this steps it up a little bit it's sort of i would say ted see if you agree with this it's a car you can drive every day but you could also take it out for track day too and and you wouldn't hurt it
2: that's exactly what the design ethos of this vehicle was you summarized it perfectly you're supposed to be able to drive it to the grocery store and then on the way home uh, take it to the track and take it out and have it be a high performance track vehicle uh and it incorporates in the best of the Mustang technology, best of Shelby technology, the best of the GT technology uh, to, to get a track-worthy vehicle that, that's uh, road-friendly as well.
0: This uh, I'm looking at the specs uh, on this magnificent Mustang, and, and uh, I can't help grinning like a high school sophomore, because I realized that I could get in this and uh, exceed every posted speed limit <laughs> in North America in first gear.
2: <laughs> yes, you could. <laughs> and, and this is a, that's a it's fast still car. Still folks. Have five more to
1: go. Yeah. And five more to go. Mm. Yeah. And it's a fast car. Also, it's a very well-designed car. having driven GTs, a variety of them, um, Great features, great adjustability in every way in the car, whether yeah, it's the right. suspension or the infotainment system or whatever. So really, really good value, lots of power, really nice package. Um, we said a little bit before, Ted, we don't know what the production's going to be on this, but it will be
2: limited, right? It'll be limited because it's one of the special edition uh, badges, nameplates. Uh, it'll be sold worldwide, as I was saying, right-hand drive even. Uh, and I forgot the most important reason I'm on the phone. It'll be available next spring uh, in mm-hmm. dealerships in the U.S. and Canada, probably a little bit later uh, around the world. Uh, the other, and, you know, we were talking about some of the, you know, I've got my bullet points in front of me, but I get to talk to the engineers, and one, one of the things that they were stressing is an all-new aerodynamic front end, which has two additional heat exchangers, uh, which we lifted from the GT500 program, uh, mm-hmm. That improves cooling by more than 50% versus the current performance package. And then the other one that that uh, is the, uh, uh, the underbelly pan uh, extends 20 inches further rearward than on a Mustang GT, uh, mm-hmm. which really makes the car hug the ground. But, you know, it's a couple of the little changes like that where we borrowed from the GT program and we borrowed from the Mustang program uh, to get a performance vehicle uh, that you can take on the track and on the road.
1: Well, let's let, – let, oh, go ahead, Les. You were going to you... – Well, I just um, – I want to get
0: on the track with these <laughs> and to, do yeah. and <laughs> and to do putting his glasses
1: on. Yeah, ready to go. I want
0: to do it today. I might be able to set that up for you. <laughs> well, we may have to do <laughs> Today? That. Um, you
1: better fly out now. Well, <laughs> today
0: probably won't work, but, yeah. but uh, the fact is uh, it's going to be – people will be able to buy it certainly by this time next year. Um, Will the dealers be limited in how many each dealer can order, uh, or is this going to be
2: first-come, first-served? I believe that it is going to be an order window that is going to open in a not-too-distant future to to pre-place orders. And then after that, it will be at uh, dealer discretion. But, you know, just... As with the bullet program and with some of the others, uh, if you work with your dealer and you know a local Ford dealer that you work with, uh, get in touch with them now and go ahead and express an interest, get your hand raised uh, early in the process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the other – I'm going to go back in time one more time, and we talked about it off here. My favorite Mach 1 of all time had to have been the red Mach 1 that James Bond pulled up and then diamonds are forever. Mm-hmm. The minute you see James Bond oh, yeah. in the Mach 1 – you know that something is about to ensue, and if you uh, any James Bond fans out there, that's the one where he, he took the Mach One on two wheels down that crowded Las Vegas alleyway. It's one of my yeah, favorite right. movie scenes of all time.
1: <laughs> of course, of course, the, the it, disclaimer would be uh, done on closed circuit stunt driver. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Do not, and not and attempt. Go
2: ahead, go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it came out reverse image on the
0: other side, which was which was cool. I caught that in the movie theater.
1: Uh. But um, I didn't care because it was neat. Because it was neat, yeah. Now, one thing we should talk about: we talked about the quad headlights of some of the older Mach ones. That has been a paid forward here into the new Mach one. You're looking at two circles on either side of the pony in the um, in the grill. These panels are apparently removable. Uh, watch this space. What do you think is going to happen there, Ted?
2: I think that just as with the original edition, you may be able to accessorize and optionize your uh, Mach 1 uh, uh, w- with night uh, headlights and day headlights and optional packages. And you asked me off here how the, the origin and initial extra set of headlights, and we don't actually have that in our design notes. Uh, you speculated uh, nighttime driving, and, and I think that, that that is as good a reason as any, and it, and it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what would you put there, less in those two spaces? Would you put? Uh, I would.
0: I would put rally lights. I would LED
1: put rally lights. The model LED
0: ones. rally lights. You know, a hundred thousand <laughs> watts.
1: <laughs> what? What were those Sorry. ones that had the smiley face on it? What brand? Those were, were the oh, those those were the CB? Lucas flamethrowers. <laughs> Lucas three Now we're back to James Bond. <laughs> but, oh, well, that's right. Yeah. But, um, But it's a cool, I mean, it is a cool, instantly identifiable way to uh, call back the old one. And, uh, you know, once again, too, remember, you've got Ford Performance parts. I think they'll have some some parts that will go on this vehicle that might fill that space, too. Wouldn't you say, Ted, that's a pretty fair estimate of
2: what might happen? I think that is a mighty, mighty close guess, if if you're guessing that... That Ford Performance is going to have accessories uh, that will fill these spaces available in the not too distant future. Yes.
1: Yeah, because as you know, Les, uh, Mustang I think is the most modifiable vehicle, right? Most after. And
2: it
1: kind
0: of always has been, and these days, doesn't matter what your particular desires are. There's there's a Mustang that's going to fit what you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's still Ford versus Chevy too, even down to engines. It is. you know, with crate engines, Coyote versus LS, and all that. It's gosh, I, that that I don't think it's, that uh, will ever go changed. away. Ford versus Chevy. <laughs> you know that? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I no, just, I don't think it will. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the other things that stand out to you? We've got about a minute, uh, Ted. We're talking to Ted Ryan from Ford.
2: I'm going to go I, back to the look. I mean, it, it's going to just, it, as you said. Uh, uh, approachably uh, mean, although you put those headlights on it, it's, it's suddenly unapproachably mean at that point. Uh, but that's right. The, the different wheel packages you're going to be able to get. The handling package uh, with with six speed manual, um, it, it, and then the color packages. The the car is going to look and perform like a state of the art Mustang. Uh, you know, frankly, I I missed the opportunity to go see it last Monday. Uh, but I can't wait to see this thing in action and actually hear it roaring down the street. Oh yeah, they all sound good. They
1: they sound great. They sound great from the factory. You don't need to add anything to it. It's it's already it's already there. You know, Les, one of the best sounding, Absolutely. stock performance cars. I guess if you want yeah, to call them trust that. the engineers, they actually know what they're doing. Yes, they they made it. Then this that exhaust system will last you a long time. You don't have to do anything to it. Uh, well, Ted, uh, uh, very cool. We appreciate it. People want to check out the Mach 1. Head on over, I guess, to the Ford YouTube page. We'll, we'll post some links.
2: That's great. Thanks for having me on today, guys.
1: All right. Hey, uh, thank you, Ted. Plenty going on at Ford. I'm sure he will be back. Time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you down the road. Bye.